So for this one, I came up with three potential names. I'll read you my favorite one last. Hmm. First one, C418 Castles. <laughs> or 418 Castles, I guess it could be. Second one, Crystal C418. This one, I think, is what I'm going for. C4 plus or minus 18. Whoa. Like like an equation. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I think that's what I'm going to go that's with. That's pretty good. Unless you prefer the first two. C4. C4. I honestly don't need... What is the method you use to pick the titles? So usually I look for similar lettering. Overla okay. So like yep. Crystal yep. Castles has two Cs in it. And C418 starts with C. So I can easily replace crystal or castles with c418 ah, i see okay, okay that's okay. kind of usually what i'm looking for where i can like replace uh. similar words or like if two words sound alike yeah but then i looked about how like c418 is kind of like it could be an equation if you threw some pluses and minuses and then you know like c times four plus or minus 18 you know <laughs> what if you try to do a title that has all the words like c418's now what blind spots plus the six million dollars sandwich now the dead texan but you're minus so crestfallen castles not in crystal love holy, sh holy shit <laughs> okay that's that is the title i'm gonna Got have it. to listen back to that to like document it <laughs> i can't repeat it i don't it's gonna be you're gonna have to like sit there as it slowly scrolls when you're looking at it on your phone to like read the you're full like, title the new method. Okay. No, the new method is we're going to have Dominic try to freestyle combine all of the artists and song titles into one sentence or story. Next thought. time, yeah, next time you got beatbox. You're like, give me a rhythm. You know, like a bass line. Boots and cats and boots yeah, and, and cats. And now boots what? And cats and C4, and cats six million. There we go. As our podcast slowly devolves into like the Def Jam, Def Jam poetry slam. One hour of boots and cats. Just free form <laughs> stream of conscious boots and cats and whatever dominic comes up with we've been getting pretty close to that genre anyway so borderline not? anyway yeah. okay hello and welcome to episode 15 of shuffle please make sure to listen to the five songs that we will be discussing in this episode links to spotify and youtube playlists can be found in this episode's description it has been three episodes since our last nice. icp incident. feels like it's been so much longer <laughs> oh wait can i i should wait i have an ic i had a mini icp incident, but i don't know if it counts I i'm think, throwing it at no, you right I think now you definitely need to talk about it right now i, I had an icp incident. i was enjoying myself in philadelphia i was total innocent bystander and i was accosted by a man. Actually, to be fair, I accosted him. He was working at a the uh, Philly cheesesteak shop in Reading Terminal, and he was very aggressive, and he was a very bad, I, I shouldn't say, maybe this will defame him. I hope he won't listen, but he was very aggressive. He was mistaking people's orders, blaming it on other people. So this was an employee of the Philly cheese. An employee cheese. of, okay. I won't say the name of it, because hopefully there's more than one there, so, you know, sure. no one will know, but my wife looked and nudged me and pointed and right on his wrist was a fucking clown the black clown the ha silhouette. hatchet man hatchet man hatchet man and it all made sense i gotta say every bad stereotype i had of an icp fan 
is like boom and then i got a little bit scared my heart rate definitely went up blood pressure went up i got a little freaked out that something might happen icy piece of it he just like my first real one. you and like starts painting <laughs> your face and waterboarding you with fago i was so tempted to when he was like what do you want to drink to be like fago, fago. soda bro <laughs> well it's funny you should mention you spotting a hatchet man tattoo on him mm-hmm. because I had to reach a bit far for our, our for our ICP news corner. Oh, you got something. I did, but nice. it, it's very, it's fringe. It's, hey. it's barely there. Is it more fringe than a random Reading Terminal Philadelphia PA well, encounter? it involves Bernie Sanders <laughs> and breastfeeding. I'm down. Okay, down with the clown. <laughs> down with that clown. So, recently Bernie Sanders had a rally in Ohio. And a woman named Ella Bradford attended this rally with her six-month-old daughter, Harper. While they were seated in the second row, Harper began to indicate to her mother that she was hungry. And Bradford just started breastfeeding her daughter. And it got a, a local journalist caught it. And it's this picture of, like this woman like cheering with one arm in the air and her daughter uh. and her bosom in the other. And, and I guess after that... Uh, after the rally both bernie and bernie's wife came up to her and thanked her for providing for her daughter huh. at their rally and then bernie went on to like use it kind of as a platform to talk about how like women should be allowed to breastfeed wherever and whenever and like her, i see and this woman was like you know i it's my daughter i'm not gonna look down at her and say you have to wait 10 minutes i'm gonna feed you when you're hungry yeah huh but if you look at this picture of her cheering because she has her shirt pulled down <laughs> yeah. and her daughter's suckling at her bosom, right above her daughter's head is a hatchet man tattoo. No way! So Are you a, serious? She's also wow. a juggalette. Oh my that, God. That is my very damn connection to an ICP That's an ice story. That's almost an ICP incident. Come on, man. Damn. Yeah. Wow. Bernie... Bernie boobs and juggalettes. Weren't you saying that there's some documentary or something you've read about like Bernie or not Bernie Sanders? Because <laughs> fuck a, that he, guy. Not Bernie Sanders is a diehard <laughs> juggalo. Little known fact. Yeah, we. But isn't there some like ICP activist movement? Yeah, something like that. So we talked about it a while ago. There was a feminist, a feminism See? movement moving throughout the juggalette community, and I I posted a little documentary kind of talking about yeah. their plight and their okay, what they're trying it. to achieve. Juggalettes for Bernie. Let's create that. Hashtag. They feel the burn. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> All right. Let's let's move on to Kanye News Corner. Nah. Cuz we haven't talked about him in a while. <laughs> Starting at the top of the list, Kanye has officially announced the death of the CD. Mm-hmm. So sorry, yacht. You were a little early. <laughs> now that Kanye said it, it's officially dead. yeah. Now it's official. He sent out a series of tweets saying, "Hi everybody. I was thinking about not making CDs ever again. Only streaming. The Yeezus album packaging was an open casket to CDs. Rest in peace. Um. So there it is. No more CDs for me. <laughs> I believe you, Kanye. Yeah, I believe a too. A man who is consistent, sticks by his word. And when he when he sets out to do something, he does it and, and doesn't he, try to redo it. And he puts out and finished redo products. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. He stands by what he. So he, I believe him. Shortly after that, he also claimed that he will be releasing three albums this year, 
<laughs> as well as every year from this year going forward. Wow. Stating no more fashion calendar. I'm going Mad Max. Six collections a year, three albums a year. So as well as putting out three albums every year, he will also be putting out six separate fashion lines every year for the rest of eternity. I believe him. Because he is I believe him. God, and <laughs> he will not die, and he will, he's the beginning and the end. And for all of eternity, he will be putting out six fashion collections yep. and three albums. Couldn't he just do one thing well, like, every three years? Like, that- most, <laughs> like most musicians? Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know... Well, and then, then also, I mean, he's probably going to start doing two video games a year at yep. least. And It's almost like he needs the money. No, that couldn't be. No. Nope. He's rich. <laughs> yeah. He even says so on the album. <laughs> yeah, the only exactly. difference is I'm rich. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so speaking of the album, let's, let's delve into the life of Pablo. So the album still not technically out. Recently, during a live stream with some fans via her app, Kim Kardashian has confirmed that the album is still being mixed, and she also dropped the the fact that it will be on iTunes, which goes against what Kanye said. So it will have an iTunes release, hmm. and she also says there may be special surprises on the final version of the album. Ooh. He has posted two updates to the album on Tidal though it's still not officially done. Mm -hmm. The first update was a slightly altered version of the song Famous. He changed the line in the song. But not even like the controversial T-Swift No, it was something about Puerto Rico, I believe. It was something like waving proud like Puerto Rican day parade. I guess maybe that was offensive to someone. I I don't know the context. Not as offensive as the the Taylor Taylor Swift line, I guess. He has also updated Wolves so when he originally dropped Wolves like a year ago, it had Sia and Vic Mensa on it. And then for the Life of Pablo initial release, Sia and Vic Mensa were removed from the track. Mm. And Frank Ocean was thrown in there at the end. Yeah. So now Sia and Vic are back on the song. Frank has been removed from the song. And oh. now that part that Frank sang is actually its own standalone track standalone track on the album called Frank's Track. So there's another song. It is now, I believe, Damn. 19 tracks or 18 tracks. Yeah. I can't remember if it was 17 or 18 last. Wow. wow. And I, according to some deep fans, there's been other minor tweaks to the album that aren't really worth mentioning because I don't think most people would notice unless you're truly obsessed with it. Some 666s six, six, embedded in there. Yeah, some Illuminati. Illuminati shout-outs. <laughs> uh, Kanye's also confirmed that the life of Pablo is a living, breathing, changing, creative expression. Hashtag contemporary art. So I guess we can expect for it to never be finished. Yeah. I guess. And he also, just this past weekend, launched a Life of Pablo pop-up shop, which I guess I didn't know this, but he actually has done for his last two albums as well. Uh, It's in New York City, and it's basically like a little weekend-long store where a bunch of merchandise is being sold at for extremely expensive prices. (laughs) The... His second zine, Zine 2, which had its launch party at the Madison Square Garden was actually being sold now because it was not available at its actual launch so you can buy this little paper zine of a bunch of naked girls 
barely standing next to some of his clothing and it's two hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah. Help Kanye out. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's Kanye. fine. He's rich. Yeah, he's fine, he's rich. And most of the merchandise I guess was available at the MSG show, but I guess there's some new stuff as well. You know, one thing I gotta give Kanye West is I think like historically when a artist gets really big like people try to make a commodity out of them but he seemingly makes a commodity out of himself totally on his own volition beyond what anyone else even wants to do he just like completely tries to make as much product out of himself as possible it's definitely <laughs> quantity over quality yeah. with that guy though he charges quality prices for all of it <laughs> yeah exactly oh and i i have a feeling that the head dudes at Tidal might not be so happy with him because Tidal just sent out a message to all of its users officially extending everyone's free trial another 30 days due to the fact that the album's not out yet. Wow. Because they feel bad because a lot of people sign up for trials just to hear this and it's allegedly an unfinished product. Yeah, I, I could even, I mean, I have no idea for sure, but if some people did contractually sign up to like get a copy of that album then like some people paid for it yeah then contractually yeah. they would be <laughs> they haven't finished their deal yet so yeah i bet they're pissed i i, I mean pissed. i'm hoping they release given refunds at this point allegedly since people paid 20 dollars for a digital download of the album and then kanye took that off and said it's never gonna be for yeah, sale it's never for sale wow <sighs> yeezy well, in slightly more <laughs> uplifting news, a local Sydney, Australia artist named Scott Marsh <laughs> recently painted a giant mural featuring Kanye West making out with another Kanye West. It's moving, Israel. <laughs> I, uh, I posted a picture of it on Shuffle's Facebook. I'll post it on the website, it's too, good. if you want to see if it. If Kanye was really an artist, he would make that like the cover of his next album. Even though you mean the album's dead, yeah. 16? <laughs> yeah. That should be the cover. If he's really an artist, embrace it. He's calling you out, yay. I'm calling you out, yay. Dominic's calling you out. If DJ, you're a true artist, DJ Dommy Jug's yeah. calling you out, so. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess in our last bit of Kanye news, Kanye West, The National, and Mumford Sons have announced they are teaming up to make a collaborative album. Finally. God, it's what we've all been waiting for. <laughs> It's what we've all wanted. Thank and they're you. Finally delivering. It's going to be called Metamorphosis, and it is intended to support the ad advocacy organization Global Citizen in its quest to end extreme global poverty by the year 2030. Mm. Uh, I'll post a link about it. It's actually, I guess, this is a passion project of the lead singer of Mumford and Sons. So okay. it's kind of his thing. He gives a big spiel on it, but I, I probably should have done a little more research, but I'm assuming the sales profits from this are going to go towards helping this organization. They just go to Yeezy. He needs the money. He's <laughs> Yeezy 53 extreme million international dollars. poverty. Yeah. He's $53 million in debt. That is extreme poverty, man. Yeah. That's extreme poverty. Minus 53 million. <laughs> My God. I've never been in that much debt before. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, man. man. <laughs> Shit. I think we cracked the case on that yeah. one. <laughs> Pray for Kanye. <laughs> so let's move on to music news. Uh, did you hear that Morrissey is seriously considering running to be mayor of London? I did. I just saw the headline. Yeah. So 
basically, if you're familiar with Morrissey, he's a huge animal rights activist, and he is appalled by animal living conditions, how they're treated in the meat processing plants, and just purely they're in their day-to-day lives in England. And he says, there must be a governmental voice against the hellish and archaic social injustice allotted to animals in the United Kingdom, simply because those animals do not speak English. Otherwise, millions of very caring citizens are greatly concerned about issues that no one is able to do anything about. Mm. And I guess he recently entered some contest where you like literally only need like 300 votes and your name can be put on the ballot uh, to be considered to be mayor of London. Wow. And while he hasn't officially come out stating he is going to be part of that, he is seriously considering it. Wow. Save the animals. Teach them English. That seems to be the real problem well, yeah. here. That's, there's think... a, it's very hellish and archaic yeah. that the United Kingdom isn't doing more to teach more animals English. Yeah, exactly. I, think I mean, that's the, the language came from their country, for <laughs> Yeah, really. Give it, give it back to the, to the indigenous if, the animals. If, Come Amer- on. if Americans can learn English, I'm sure animals can learn English. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Come on, Come on. Morrissey. Come on, Morrissey. I'm offended. Yeah. I'm a little bit offended. Come on. So, There's animals dying illiterate. That's messed up, dude. Messed up. I mean, I still want my <laughs> burgers, but at least I can take comfort in the fact that they were able to like read the warning labels on the machines that slaughtered them before exactly. it killed them. Exactly. You know, it's the dignity that they're you know they're due. It's the right thing to do. Yeah. Hashtag Morrissey. <laughs> Take Morrissey. <laughs> Morrissey for mayor. <laughs> Morrissey. Mayor M-M. Mayor Morrissey. Mayor wow, Morrissey. It's good great. alliteration. That's great. So your favorite musician's offspring, Stella McCartney, uh, oh. is teaming up with Grimes to put what? out a new perfume line. Hmm. I'm not that into it. <laughs> sorry sorry Damn Stella it. and Grimes Dominic shutting you down shutting you down come on get alt Stella quit your day job and just convince your dad to get back in the studio with wings come on come on quit come on perfume Shit. well so speaking of other environmentally friendly people and animal rights uh Grimes is a huge animal rights activist as well as well as a vegan. Hmm. And she stated that Stella McCartney is her favorite vegan of all time. So wow. this perfume they're putting out is like the first environmentally friendly vegan. All the packaging is made from like sustainably managed forests perfume. It's called POP. P-O-P wow. in all caps. Wow. I don't know how it smells, but <laughs> you can look forward to that coming out soon i guess why just why have perfume at all if you're that concerned about the environment means of production etc just have no perfume in yeah. all that come on just well, end it. it's a way to make money and let people know you care about stuff <laughs> at the same time that's how i like to show people i care through what i buy yeah <laughs> you're consuming <laughs> that's why i wear a wings t-shirt every day of my life and and just to show how much he likes buying stuff, at the end of every day, he throws it away and buys a new, a new one, one the next yep. day. Yep, that's right. <laughs> so did you ever hear about a rumor that back in, like, the, I think the early 90s, maybe late 80s, Jack White hid 
a bunch of vinyl and some In a furniture. couch, yeah, I heard that. Yeah, so before his white stripe days, he was actually an upholsterer in Detroit. And he actually, him and his fellow upholster, upholsterer had a band called like the Upholsterers and they recorded a couple singles. <laughs> and there was this rumor that allegedly they had pressed a hundred copies of this single called your furniture, your furniture was always dead. I was just afraid to tell you and placed it in a hundred random pieces of furniture. They worked on Jesus and everyone <laughs> just thought it was always just a tall tale. But recently two separate people have contacted third man records stating that they found Wow. One of these singles hidden in their couch. Wow. Which means alleg- there's 98, 98 other ones there. just somewhere in like probably some abandoned home in Detroit probably. <laughs> in a like, garbage dump. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So that's kind of neat. Wow. Do you know what it sounds like? Did they say uh, you? There hasn't like been a recording yeah. leaked. I suppose it's worth a lot to tell. I'm it sure it is. They did yeah. post a picture of like the album art. I'll, I'll post a picture. Of wow. it. It's pretty lo-fi. Yeah, I would. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In case anyone's ever wondering, uh, Gene Simmons has confirmed to us that rap will die in the next 10 years. See, I thought so, but I was just waiting for Gene I've, Simmons to tell me. He's our moral compass. <laughs> Yeah, he did. He recently did an interview with Rolling Stone. His tongue was out the whole time too, yeah. so you know and, he was telling the truth. He said, <laughs> "He said I'm looking forward to the death of rap, which will be in the next ten years." To which, Caleb Quayley, oh yeah, responded on Twitter Quayley. saying, "Would it be unfair of me to say I'm looking forward to the death of Gene Simmons <laughs> or not?" Chuck Berry shits on Kiss. Nice, nice. Fucking genius. (laughs) And in in our last bit of music news, uh, President Obama recently skipped Nancy Reagan's funeral to go to South by Southwest. That's like, now he is the coolest president of all time. I (laughs) I saw a pretty good Onion article that said, like, conservatives appalled as... Obama kip flips over Nancy Reagan's <laughs> grave on his way to South by Southwest or nice, something like that. Nice, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. He he pretty much just set in stone that he's the coolest president we'll probably ever have. That's like the best headline ever. President yeah. skips, skips Nancy, Nancy Reagan's Reagan. funeral to go to South by Southwest. Very nice. Which is even funnier in the fact that you know a lot of people affiliate music festivals with drug usage yeah Nancy reagan was famous for just say no yep. like her huge anti-drug campaign yeah it's like the biggest fuck you to the war on drugs <laughs> ever and our president did it he smoked a joint while he gave his keynote address yeah i'm sure <laughs> i hear he even you know did the old Jimi hendrix and cut his forehead open <laughs> yeah. and put some blotter acid on there and put a bandana around the nice. top and they poured a 40 out for, for nancy his, right for his homie oh, <laughs> wow yeah all right so what have you been listening to lately so last couple weeks maybe 10 days or so i found david byrne and brian eno's 1981 collab album which I know I shot over to you, so you've heard a little bit of yeah, it, too. Yeah, I did listen to it. Called My Life in the Bush of Ghosts. And I think it is awesome. I think it's just awesome experimental electronic music that kind of mixes, like, uh, kind of world music, kind of the frenetic 
kind of rock music that there's still to me a little bit of talking heads vibe to it very much yeah but it sounds like it almost sounds like a sort of like collage of like 1980s pop music same as it ever was yeah same as same as it ever was (laughs) it's it's really good it's kind of this feels like kind of this ever evolving organic thing you're just listening to yeah like bits of it sound like music and then it just kind of sounds like noises but it's never like off-putting yeah it's surprisingly not like dissonant it never tries to like disengage the listener i don't think it's kind of like like talking hits they're kind of experimental but at their core it's just kind of like listenable music. they're still making music yeah yeah exactly yeah it's a wild one i had no idea it existed till i just googled like experimental albums <laughs> it fucking and came it up up. Up. thank you google yeah and i thank you google. i can't believe i hadn't heard of it either because like those are two huge names in music you think more people would like talk about the fact that they put out an album together yeah yeah uh, maybe someone had mentioned it to me once in my life but never like registered well and so, yeah because yeah, like i remember i after you sent it to me i was trying to look up more about it and like on wikipedia it's it's a very highly regarded album like a lot of people like credit it as like the beginning of a lot like electronic music and yeah. experimentation electronic music and sound collage yep and yep it's like a predecessor of yeah that. but yeah surprisingly i guess it's just forever kind of a boutique album yeah. experimental but it's good it's very good and it has a lot of kind of 1980s like pop electronic sensibility to it i feel like yeah which again it was kind of a proto of that but it's so so it's pretty listenable but my life in the bush of ghosts it's a good one it's and there's one. there's another album by i can't remember who they are now because i remember trying to google it there's is that like a famous saying like ghost bush or my life in the ghost bush it's a f- there's also something called my life in the ghost bush i can't remember if it was an album or a book or a book. movie it's a it book a, I, okay. I researched okay. it and it's like a famous book that i'd never heard of till this album written in like 1954 but by some author in Africa, I can't remember what country. It wasn't even translated to English to like seventy-five or eighty. Now, but in fr- from what little research I did, I didn't really see a connection between this book and the album at all. I f- I did I dug Is there into a connection? it, and they both lie. This is <laughs> neither of them. They confess they hadn't actually read the book, <laughs> but they said that they both really liked the book he wrote beforehand. Okay. And then they read this title and were like, that's a that's great, a great title. fucking name. And, and they, they just, just changed it just a little bit. Yeah. yeah but just a little bit. Yeah. yeah. For nice. copyright. I've been, uh, I've been listening to an artist that I've been into for a long time, but I recently came back to him. It's, uh, he is a Czech Republican. Is it Czech? Yeah, Czech Rep- or would you say Czechoslovakian? Czech. He's Czech. Yeah. A Czech clarinetist and composer named Thomas Dvorak. Oh. He also records under the name Floex. Floex. He, uh, the way that I came to happen upon his music is there is a indie game company from the Czech called Amadia Design. Hmm. And they put out these really awesome little point and click adventure games. Like nice. games like Machinarium nice. is their biggest game where you play this little robot. And they have these other series called Samarist and Botanicula. And nice. they often collaborate with Thomas to do the soundtracks and the scoring for the game. So hmm. I fell in love with the music of the game Machinarium. And just 
actually this next coming week they are putting out a new game Sam Rost 3 the third game in the series and he's doing the music for it as nice. well so I've nice. been listening to it and it's great and I delved back into his Flowex music and I don't know there's just he's very relaxing and chill but it still has a pulse to it yeah and nice this might not be the best way to describe it but it's very it's organic it feels living while you're listening to it and what's also interesting is it is like an electronic idm sensibility but like i said he's also like a professional clarinetist yeah and he incorporates the clarinet into these electronic experimental electronic tracks and it just gives it this really nice kind of jazzy somber sentimental vibe to it it's interesting because what you said is kind of what i was thinking because a lot of the songs spoiler alert a couple of the songs that we listen to are from computer games games, right yeah and i actually kind of thought the same thing that you said how so the songs kind of like feel alive yeah like they kind of they have an organic kind of continuation feeling and uh, yeah i didn't know how to put my finger on it but yeah similar i I haven't heard the song you described but even it made me think of video games i played in the past point and click games yeah grew up on those i love those games and similar there's a kind of like organic music there i feel like video game soundtracks have to kind of have that organic feel because obviously you have to like build a song that is repetitive and kind of loops yeah but at the same time the sections that loop you want to have it be constantly changing so it's not literally just like the same thing yeah on repeat yeah exactly so you kind of have to like get in this friendly zone of like making something that is repetitive but has enough little weird tweaks in it where it always kind of sounds slightly different yeah it doesn't give you a headache yeah Yeah. no yeah exactly wait So, so what's the artist's Florax. Uh, Flowex. Flowex. F-L-O-E-X. I'll have to check him out. Flowex. Flowex. I I think I sent you one of his albums the other day under Thomas Dvorak, the Machinarium oh, soundtrack. You did. Oh. I, I recommend it. You sent me um oh, Forest yeah. Sword or oh, yeah. Sword Forest. Forest Swords. Forest Swords. Oh, yeah. And then I sent you another album, and it was... He records under both Thomas Dvorak and Floex. Oh, and the man. album I sent you was under Thomas Dvorak. I must have buried that in my message. I'll have to go back to that. It's all good. Shit. Next week, I'll yeah. report on it. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> the shuffle guarantee. There's that. Fuck. That's the show. <laughs> that's the new one. That's the shuffle guarantee. That's the shuffle guarantee. As well as fuck you, audience. <laughs> and fuck you, audience. Yeah. Right. The shuffle promise. The shuffle promise is fuck you, audience. The shuffle guarantee is ever changing. Yeah. But it's guaranteed to be ever changing. I like that. Okay. Yeah. Let's move on to our first track, Now What by Jerry Martin, which is from the two the year 2000 video game, The Sims. Uh, there was an official soundtrack put out to this game called The Sims Original Video Game Soundtrack, which was released in 2007. But this track actually did not appear on that official soundtrack. Oh. I actually ripped this song from the <laughs> from the game's program files in my computer. Wow. Because I was enjoying listening to the music of The Sims so much. And I yeah. went into the, the, the program files on my computer. And I noticed that they actually like easily just labeled a bunch of MP3s I could pull out of the folder and just listen to on my own. Nice. And it wouldn't be till later that I actually found out that he titled this song in the in the game folder. It's just called Build Five. 
because it is one of the six songs that plays when you're in the build mode of the game. Yeah. Yeah. He actually titled (laughs) it. It's called Now What? Nice. So Jerry Martin is an American composer famous for composing music for television commercials, as well as being the lead composer and studio audio director for the games in the Sim series. Hmm. In 1985, he founded his original music composition and productions company called Music Control. And from then until 1995, worked with 90 different films, videos, and ad agency producers on over 200 different commissions. Working with companies like AT&T, Toyota, USA, NBA, Honda, a bunch of commercial stuff. Nice CV, Jerry. Nice resume. (laughs) Damn. And then in 1996, he joined up with the Maxis Division of Electronic Arts as their studio director and lead composer. Maxis, for anyone not familiar, are the ones that put out all of The Sims games. Oh. The Sims, Sim Farm, Sim City, anything with Sims, it was under Maxis. And then from 1996 to 2004, he composed and produced music for many game franchises, including The Sims, Sim City, Sim Copter, Sim Tunes, Sim Park, Sim Safari, Sim Golf. Sim, whatever word you want to throw behind the word Sim. Yeah. And I guess if you don't know, which I doubt because The Sims was kind of like a cultural phenomenon. (laughs) The Sims is a strategic life simulation video game that came out in 2000 that was developed by Maxis and published by EA. And it is a it's a simulation of daily activities of one or more virtual persons in a suburban household. And the persons are called Sims. You're literally living someone else's life. (laughs) Countless hours of my life, which I will never get back, were sunk into that game, as I'm sure many of you were as well. I'm sure you played The Sims at one point in time, or no? I oddly, I never, I never owned The Sims. I played like Sim City when I was really young, and I had a couple friends that would play The Sims, but I never. I, I don't ever remember playing it. I remember wow. seeing it. I remember seeing like videos of it of like fucked up shit you can do Killing on it. Killing the Sims. <laughs> but I don't. I, I never actually. I never had the experience of sitting down. Wow. And playing it. Yeah. So I feel a little, a little left out, of that world. Wow. I don't know what was wrong with me. I was on drugs back then. It was a bad. Rough. I, it was a. <laughs> Two thousand was a bad year. It was a for bad me. year, dude. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm. I'm just surprised. I feel like the Sims was like. Pokemon almost like it was yeah. just this thing that this great divider or undivided what's the word it brought people from different walks yeah, of yeah, life yeah. together yeah grand yeah uniting I I never played Pokemon either god damn it I know dude. you're off the podcast again I was just doing a lot of drugs a lot of <laughs> crazy shit he was just being way cooler <laughs> than the rest of us do you remember in like first grade when yo-yos were cool for like a week dude I got super into yo-yos see I stayed with yo-yos for like 25 years so Pokemon came and I just kept yo-yoing. And I, Sims you, came yo-yoing. For you listeners, he is walking the dog. Exactly. Right now. People started getting girlfriends and going to prom, and I said, <laughs> yo-yos. "Fuck you! I got my yo-yos, bro." <laughs> remember that one week in first grade, we all said, "Let's yo-yo for life." I'm I remember the guy that took it seriously. They got those like super duper ones that it was so important. They had to have the ball bearings. Yep. Oh yeah. Otherwise, you couldn't sleep. Exactly. It. You got to be yeah. able to sleep it. Got to walk the dog. And, and then you'd shit, go to man. like fairs, and you'd see that dude who like had a whole routine. Oh yeah. Set to music. Yeah. And you could like buy his yo-yo and his videotape that instructed you <laughs> on how to do all of his tricks. Fuck yeah, dude. That was me eating it up. I was the yo-yo kid. Yo-yos were like 
<laughs> that was like before pogs were a thing. Do you remember pogs? Wait, pog? What the fuck was a pog again? So they were like literally discs of cardboard that you would stack on top of each other. Oh. And I think they also call them like milk caps. or Yeah. And then you'd have a thing called a slammer, which was like a heavy metal disc. Yeah. And the whole point of the game was is you would stack all of these little spheres and you take the slammer and hit it bounce it off the edge of the top of the stack and the whole point was to try to flip the whole stack and have it land on the opposite <laughs> side without any of them falling off i never played that game and it was either. collectible because Damn. all the different pogs had different little pictures on it and you could trade them with your friends and everything <laughs> Wow, I never played that. The 90s were fucking weird. I didn't actually even do yo-yos. I didn't do any fans. That was my thing. I did nothing. You didn't do yo-yos? I just just... lied to me? (laughs) I didn't even fucking do yo-yos. God damn. You're just so busy doing drugs. I know, a lot of drugs. I read books and I did drugs. And that's how you got into wings. That's how I got into wings. Saved my fucking life. (laughs) Wings. (laughs) And then wings saved my fucking life. And that's why... Will you marry me? That's what I said to my wife, too. That was this... I finally told her how wings saved my life, and I said, will you marry me? It worked like a charm, yo. And she was so guilty, because he's like, I'm going to go back into drugs and kill myself unless you say yes. And now she's trapped with him forever. That's right. That's right. And we're just collecting wings merch. So anyways, back to Sims. Okay, back to Sims. <laughs> so the, the music of The Sims was split into four categories. There was neighborhood music, build music, buy music, and radio music. The neighborhood music was just kind of the overworld music when you're looking at the map. Uh, build music would play when you were in the construction mode of physically building your house. Buy music would be when you were buying like all the accessories and furniture for your house. Mm. And the radio music was literally the music that The Sims would listen to. So it was like an, an eclectic collection of like rock, pop, country, uh, reggae sounding songs. Okay. I see, I see. And the, the build music was by far my favorite as yeah. well as many people's. They were all these new age solo piano pieces hmm. many of them having kind of somber or a melancholic vibe to them very yeah. emotive and I, for anyone who's not familiar new age is a genre of music intended to create artistic inspiration relaxation and optimism it is used by listeners for yoga massage meditation and reading as a method of stress management or to create a peaceful atmosphere in their home or other environments and is associated with environmentalism and new age spirituality it was created by the illuminati to suppress us consume yeah buy more new age (laughs) no i'm kidding but it does seem like every first grade teacher had inya to like make the kids sleep yeah I grew up on It's like your go-to yoga music. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And I grew up on that. Yeah. And actually, that's like a good starting off point for (laughs) this potential vaporwave episode we've been hinting at. Oh, yeah. Which I'll get into. Nice. Who knows? It might be the next episode of this podcast. Stay tuned. So when I originally pulled this song off the game's disc, like I said, it was called Build 5. I've now since learned it's called Now What?, Hmm. And I actually found an interview with Jerry Martin years after, I think it was in 2013 when it was done, when he started talking about how ever since those games came out, his inbox has just been flooded with people saying how much they loved the build music from the original Sims game, like wow. all the time. Like, th- these are my favorite six songs I've ever heard. <laughs> 
He said, I've gotten a lot of emails about the sim stuff, the music and the build mode especially, and I wanted to revisit that with John R. Burr, who's actually the performer of the song. I guess oh, Jerry just composed, composed it. it. Okay. He says, I'm getting people to sign up for it. I'm planning to do a downloadable album of Sims Build Mode Volume 2. It wouldn't have anything to do with EA. It's just a personal thing for me and John. I don't think EA would appreciate it, but I don't think they're going to care too much unless there's billions of dollars involved. Huh. Huh. I I signed up for this, and I there's been like no... It's been radio silence for like three years so Damn. who knows if it's coming or not but yeah. yeah i'll post a link if you guys want to sign up for it you basically you'll get in it's going to be a free download i think whenever it happens does come out if nice. the build music and sims touched you like it did <laughs> me so what did you think of this this piano piece yeah i thought it, it was a very good song it was peaceful it was sensitive and introspective but Kind of like we were hinting at before, he kind of hits certain notes and does sort of kind of different things to make the song kind of stay restless. So you kind of keep listening. It never rests in one yeah. spot. Yeah. Which, which again, I mean, I don't know. For I almost feel like we're kind of cracking the code on video games, but because you kind of said that too about the the song you recommended, how it was kind of jazzy. Mm -hmm. This was kind of jazzy too, and. I am not an although I sound like one I'll admit I'm not an expert on jazz but but those blue notes that jazz people hit those are like they almost are definitionally like the notes that you're not expected to hear so they keep you from feeling resolved like ah you can't ever fall into yeah, it yeah exactly it keeps you on your toes yeah it keeps like you know there's tension so in this song is a really surprisingly complex exercise in like having a relaxing introspective song that keeps tension kind of it doesn't resolve itself and it, I, I was kind of shocked at how for, it was kind of complex and very it, pretty song very was, complex and like I, I don't know a lot about playing the piano but it sounds like you, a very technically proficient pianist is playing yeah. this piece yeah with how it does fast it gets at times yeah and then there's like there's a part where it's just like arpeggio is just really fast up and down yeah. but at the same time his other hand is still just like keeping the bass going yeah and it's yeah. just like i remember it even like in 2000 when i was however young playing those sims games and like playing in the build mode and every once in a while just like finding myself like not even playing the game because i'm just sitting there being like damn this music yeah. is like <laughs> is not getting the credit it deserves stuck in a game yeah like, no this, kidding yeah this should be i don't know hearing that this was a video game song because i mean i just googled it and i was yeah my expectations were low just at a total bias but i was very impressed yeah it was really really good like at that like at the 120 mark i tried to try to pinpoint where it kind of happened where there's like kind of what is it, archipeggios, if I'm saying yeah, that. Yeah, up and down the keys. Yeah, and, and it sounds like he's just kind of doing your standard major chord notes. And then right about at 120, there's a sudden kind of jazz archipeggio that makes it sound kind of modal. And it kind of, it. if he hadn't done that, I would have thought the song was kind of simple. But it's moves like that that kind of add a third dimension to the song that I was completely shocked to hear in a video game song. <laughs> yeah, no. But he was like, wow. I, I was very impressed. I was like, shit, that's 
And I, I feel like the piano can sometimes be so like, you know, it always has to be accompanied by something. Yeah. Like, yeah. Certain yeah. people, yes, have appreciation for solo piano, but I feel like a lot of times that would sound kind of boring to some people. Yeah. And I think a piece of music like this can really show you how much agency and conviction a solo like it really shows you like how pianos are like probably like the most important instrument yeah. out of all of them yeah yeah i think it can just do so much yeah i think that's the like if someone's like gonna get a degree in music i think they teach them piano you have first, to know right piano. yeah yeah well like i remember back in high school doing musicals the guy Hulsenson, mr Hulsenson, he's was in charge of all the orchestra well not all but he was the he was the head of the orchestra department yeah and like he taught maddie how to play viola he taught everyone how to play all these instruments wow but he didn't know how to play any of them but he knew how to play the piano so and like could, simply yeah. by knowing to play the piano he understood he just music. he understood music so well yeah. and it's like really like the piano will teach you everything about the math of music yeah you need to know yeah 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 no i believe it yeah and this song yes yeah, it, it is almost like algebraic yeah. i don't know yeah it's it's very like impressive. listening to what are those things called not fragments fractals or yeah whatever. yeah 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 no yeah it was yeah i was surprised and yeah i think you were kind of mentioning yeah there's a part that almost kind of like intense syncopated like I, again I, stuff i didn't expect to hear at all during while well, i'm playing a video game but oh, yeah sorry i need to redact what i said I was just told that Miss Schmidt taught Maddie how to play viola in middle uh, school, and Hulst conducted her in high school. And they're avid listeners, so they were going to get an <laughs> angry phone call from Sorry, her. Hulst and Miss Schmidt. <laughs> Apologize to the whole school. Okay, give me a roster of every employee and student, and I will start going through the list and apologizing to everybody. No, that's good to know, though. Yes. So uh, I guess it was a great song. Yeah, but, it was. Let's, yeah. Let's move on to the next one. Another video game song for our third one to talk about. Blind Spot by C418 off the 2013 album Minecraft Volume Beta. C418, a.k.a. Daniel Rosenfeld, mm. is a German musician and sound engineer from East Germany, best known as the composer and sound designer for the computer game Minecraft. Wow. Rosenfeld was born and grew up in East Germany after the reunification and the economic realities of the region that he grew up in limited his resources to learn audio composition. So he hmm. learned how to make music with shitty equipment and yeah. programs. So yeah. it was, it's kind of like that thing where like the limitations forced him to be very creative. Yeah. Yeah. Learning under such restrictions actually turned out to help him because when he began collaborating with the Minecraft creator uh, Marcus Pearson, who also goes by the name of Notch, it turns out that the Minecraft sound engine in the game was complete shit. <laughs> uh, he said, Minecraft has a terrible sound engine. Imagine a looping sound file that plays for two seconds and then just starts over. Let's say it's a rain sound effect. And now your character's on a beach, so there's sound waves too. But if you play the sound waves at the same time as the rain looping, and if they're playing simultaneously, the engine will crash and the game will just shut down. Wow. And the engine <laughs> only has 20 sound channels to begin with. 
So if you have a farm in the game and you have a cow in one spot and a sheep in the other, they can't make noises at the same time. Otherwise, the game will freak out. Yeah. So, like, he's really used to working under limiting conditions. <laughs> nice. Now, another, in case some of you don't know what the fucking phenomenon that Minecraft is, <laughs> it is a 2011 sandbox video game originally created by Notch which enabled players to build constructions out of textured cubes in a 3D procedural, procedurally generated world. Other activities you can do in the game, including exploration, resource gathering, crafting, and combat. As of June of 2015, over 70 million copies of the game have been sold. Including wow. 20 million between Xbox 360 and Xbox One, 30 million of mobile game downloads, and 20 million on the PC, making it the best selling PC game ever to date and the third best selling video game of all time. Wow. Uh, the second best selling video game of all time being Wii Sports, which oh. sold 82.72 million copies. Jesus <laughs> It also came free with a Wii. Yeah, so, so that helped add to the sales yeah, okay. and pad the numbers the number one selling video game of all time not surprising is tetris tetris an estimated 425 million copies sold <laughs> but you also need to keep in mind that tetris exists in so many various yeah. forms and it's been around forever but yeah classic minecraft is basically tetris isn't it Everything's pretty much Tetris. <laughs> Life is pretty much Tetris. Life is Tetris. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about getting things in perfect place yeah. and then eventually disappear and die and go. Yeah. And you just accept the nothingness of non existence. And that's pretty. And sometimes you get in the Hall of Fame, sometimes you don't. And we're just always waiting for that, <laughs> that long straight piece. Yeah. And it's never coming, but you're just, you're just waiting. You're just waiting. The while, sweet long while piece all of death. The, all the stress just builds up on the side of the board yeah. and it gets overwhelming and oh. life is tetris Holy life shit. is tetris <laughs> that's the shuffle guarantee that's the shuffle guarantee motherfucker <laughs> so in addition to game soundtracks uh, c418 also composes his own independent music it's very good it's very similar to this this song mm. his mm. compositions have been compared to those of brian eno yeah and the french composer and pianist eric sati who I didn't really I, I didn't know of him before but after reading about him a bit I'm extremely interested he's actually considered to be kind of like at least his work was the precursor to minimalism surrealism repetitive music wow. wait is it theater of the absurd is his last name s-a-t-i-e yes okay but, it's, but oh. I, according to wikipedia it's pronounced sati I yeah know, I, I might be getting that wrong i have no idea yes, i've seen that name s-a-t-i-e okay i've seen the name i knew yeah, i never knew how to pronounce yeah, it and he's yeah. like super into experimentation wow. and avant-garde yep so yeah i'm definitely going to be checking him out nice so what inspired C418 to make the Minecraft music was actually another PC video game called Dwarf Fortress, which is a it's a cult classic. It's a ridiculously complex role-playing game, and it's built in ASCII too, so it, it looks shitty. It looks like just a bunch of little weird symbols and text, pretty much. Mm. And it, it's extremely difficult. One of the hardest games you'll ever play. And C418 had this to say about it. 
the thing about it is you're playing in this terrible DOS window, but you get this <laughs> lovely guitar music playing in the background, and it makes the player think, maybe I should keep playing. Maybe there's more <laughs> to this game. And I wanted to create that same feeling in Minecraft. Also, the world looks sort of 8-bit, so people probably expect the music to sound like chiptune music, like a Game Boy. But I was like, no, I want to do something unexpected. So I decided to work with experimental, simplistic, acoustic music that doesn't actually tell you anything about the game, mm. which mm. I think he did. Yeah. He also yeah. wanted the music to be unobtrusive enough to be easily phased out by the player, which goes back to Brian Eno saying how ambient music needs to be as interesting as it is forgettable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I thought was a nice <laughs> uh, He said, um, I almost hoped that they'd only notice the music when something interesting happens in the game. That way the player automatically identifies the music specifically with events that happens to themselves and they create those moments themselves. Mm. And, you know, I can, I can totally attest to that. I used to play Minecraft all the time and, you know, oftentimes the music would just kind of come in and out because the way that it worked with the programming of the game is nothing would ever trigger music. It would randomly start playing a random song. But every once in a while, you'd be like working on your house, building a roof, (laughs) or maybe up on a mountain, chopping a tree down. And like right as that happens, you notice the sun setting. And then this really nice soft piano piece comes on. And it like creates this moment that feels like it had to have been planned. Yeah. But the world is randomly generated and the song randomly came on. So it's like that specific (laughs) special moment just for you, the player. Wow. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. In the in the game's program files, if you look up this song, Blind Spots, it's referred to as Creative 2, and that's due to the fact that it's one of the songs that plays when you're in the creative mode of the game. There's different modes. There's like survival mode, creative mode. This mm-hmm. is a creative mode song. And I, I guess there's your background. What did you nice. think about Blind Spots? I thought it was a pretty nice song. It was kinda kinda had an ambient music vibe, no doubt kind of how should I say it I thought it was a good song it immediately drew comparison to that first song yeah just by default to video game non yeah back to no vocals to be honest not these are the first two video game songs not only have I ever listened to back to back but that I've ever consciously sat down and listened to in my entire life so this is a very biased <laughs> this is a very biased thing but in a way Jerry Martin, he kind of—it's not even fair. That kind of out of the water. That kind of raised the bar of what I would expect <laughs> from a video game soundtrack. And then I couldn't help but feel like C four one eight is a great musician. I bet he has a lot of good songs. But then it kind of made me think: to what extent is ambient music just kind of convenient to use in a video game? Which that—that's not necessarily a bad thing either. Because I thought this was a really nice song. Had almost kind of a David Lynch vibe with the synthesizers, you know, the music mm-hmm. from like Twin Peaks, but compared to Jerry Martin, it's not as, how can, apples and oranges to compare, but I was, the Jerry Martin's track, that is so complex, but so unassuming, and this is unassuming as well, but simpler. It is, yeah. Which doesn't necessarily make it It's definitely it bad. simpler, and like, it doesn't make it bad though. I believe Jerry Martin has like, a master's or doctorate in like piano composition. Yeah, yeah. Daniel Resenfeld, I actually learned I'm a day older than him. 
Oh, he was shit. born May 9th. He said he was born after reunification. Yeah, yeah so 89. Shit. So he Wow. He's this young at, at the time he had to have been 21 and got <laughs> ended up making the music yeah. for one of the best-selling video games of all time. Yeah. So uh, yeah, he was completely amazing. self-taught. Yeah. I, I totally agree. The song previous to this one is so much more technically complex. Yeah. And like an actual amazing piece of music. Yeah. But this, but they do achieve kind of the same effect, I would say, yeah. where they're both like unobtrusive. That was a key word. And, and kind of this. slowly, yeah. constantly changing. Yeah. But if you listen in, it's like, a, it's a, it's a very pretty song. Yeah. If you listen in, it's a pretty song. And I liked it. I did like it. It's kind of soundscape with a little bit of a kind of melodrama feel. A little bit with yeah. the synthesizer. And it's, well, especially at like the four minute and 33 second mark. I believe it's like 30 seconds before the song's over. Oh, yeah. This really intense piano comes in. And yeah. it, like, I would say, like, overall, the song, it's very warm, approachable, and welcoming. But at the very end, it gets dissonant and it's like something's happening yeah something's kind of sinister all of a sudden it's very yeah. uneasy yeah at the very end of the track yeah yeah that w- yeah that's the doubt <laughs> you know i think kind of this would make more sense to people playing minecraft but it kind of emulates how it feels in the game because a lot of the game is very peaceful you're just walking around this beautifully generated 8-bit world and you're chopping down trees and mining yeah. blocks but at any second point in time, a monster could creep up behind oh, you and just kill your character. So is that kind of sense it's like of keeping you on your toes? I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then that, yeah, that makes sense. That yeah. makes sense. I, I totally agree. I think Jerry Martin's song is just incredible. I also love C418's music. I actually yeah. own the first, the Alpha, the Minecraft Volume Alpha soundtrack on vinyl yeah i would That's how much i like i'd it. be down to check more of his music yeah. out because i dug it i did definitely dig it because it, it's good yeah it's good i will also say you know he's learned more about music composition since yeah. the minecraft soundtrack came like i think i think he's put out three lps since he made the music nice. for, for minecraft yeah. so he is growing and learning like i said he's just a kid yeah so no kidding yeah he's, he's got a ways to go yeah but it was good. I mean, it was still like it had kind of shifts and kind of like at the, around the 220 mark, it was kind of decrescendo quiet. And then it comes back with the perc- uh, percussion more pronounced. Like it, it had a kind of payoff if you listen closely. So I dug it because, you know, I like ambient music generally yeah. too. I dug it. Um, but yeah, it's just not fair to have Jerry Martin first where it's like a beautiful song. And if you listen closely, it's like, like amazing insanely <laughs> complex i was like jesus well, christ and I, I i think it's kind of funny the order that these songs came up in because we started with jerry martin then we went to the minecraft song and now <laughs> no. we're moving on to <laughs> the most soundscape yeah formless no song i think that has ever been on shuffle yeah the, yeah the six million dollar sandwich i think we just hit the whole spectrum there yeah <laughs> by the dead texan yeah off the 2004 album the dead texan yeah the the dead texan is an audiovisual musical duo comprising of adam wilsey and the greek video artist christina vantzu mm-hmm Witsy is better known as one half of the American drone-based ambient music duo Stars of the Lid. Which I gotta give a shout out to. They're too. great. Tired Sounds, 
Oh, there's the Tired Sounds of Stars of the Lid. That's like one of my most listened to albums. That's so good. That's a great album, which it is just kind of drone ambient yeah. music. But yeah, fantastic. Vansu, who's, I guess, claimed to fame as she previously worked for MTV Netherlands. Nice. <laughs> from I the know. Netherlands, I assume? Well, she's from Greece. Oh, she's Greek. She's Greek. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hey. So Wiltsy began composing and recording music on his own and dabbled with combining his music with Vansu's videos, because I guess she's a videographer. And this eventually became a mutually collaborative project with the composition of the music and creation of the videos becoming simultaneous. Mm. The music is similar to that of Stars of the Lid, long, droning, and ambient soundscapes. However, the songs on this album are shorter, and a few of the songs actually have lyrics, which Stars of the Lid is exclusively instrumental and in fact the the songs released on this album the dead texan were initially intended to be released on one of the stars of the lids albums but was ultimately deemed as wiltsy put it too aggressive (laughs) (laughs) okay wow if this is aggressive (laughs) hey they're very chilled out guys i'd I'd hate to see you on a calm day (laughs) you probably not have a pulse (laughs) Uh, pitchforks liam singer had this to say about this album. It's a widely overused trope to describe dramatic instrumental music as, quote, the soundtrack to blank, as in a rainy day, a lonely drive, an acid trip, a bear attack. Uh, The phrase is used to connote a sense of detachment engendered by such music, one that allows us to view our lives as a movie. But in this case, discussing the record's cinematic leanings, it's justified. Hmm. Currently, Wiltsy is working on a new Stars of the Lid release, and with the Dead Texan as any indication, we should be very excited in a laid-back, barely conscious sort of way. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, nice, nice. I I was actually introduced (laughs) to the Dead Texan through David Firth, the animator who created Salad Fingers. Oh, yeah. He's actually kind of my musical moral compass. (laughs) I, I feel like everyone has that person in their life that, like, introduced them to, like... Like, David Firth got me into Aphex Twin, Boards of Canada, Sigur Rós. And, nice. And, like, for another good example, most of the background music that plays in Shuffle is his music, his musical project, Locust Toy Box. Nice. It's nice. David Firth's music. Oh, so okay. He used a Dead Texan song in one of his Flash cartoons, actually one of my favorites, called Sock Lops. I'll, I'll post a link to it. Yeah. It's, it's really great. But that's how I that's how I got into it. Nice. So being a fan of Stars of the Lid, what did you think of this? Yeah, I mean it, it is very short for yeah for, yeah for a song like like this, and it's very. I mean, I I did like it, and I almost feel I'm bordering on pretentious because I'm so biased. But this is a type of song that is so it seems so simple. An elemental, like it's just like a sound that it is almost very complex. I gotta be honest. <laughs> I actually, and so in listening to this, I actually was kind of moved. Like I think is a hallmark of good ambient music. Like if you really listen, there can be a payoff. And so I was actually, I kind of was. I dug this song. I really did. I dug this song. I actually like wrote down like the exact same thing. Really? In my notes. Okay. Wow. Well, like because nice, at nice. first, especially coming after like Jerry Martin and the C418 song, and the next two songs on this 
playlist. This song is it's so missable, easily yeah. missable. Yeah, you can write it off very easy. Like yeah, it's it's so minimal that you have to give it all of your attention, or yep. you'll just completely miss it. Yeah, exactly. It's it's yeah. so slow and beautiful. Like it really sounds like if you could like reprogram the world so waves washing up on a beach shore sounded like synths droning rather than because yep. it really just washes in yep. and out and yeah i wrote yeah i wrote out. the same wave metaphor yeah. yeah that's what it feels like yeah it's like you can feel the texture of a sound when you listen to this it's like it's almost like a kind of visceral like and while i was sitting on my couch with my headphones on listening to it yeah it was like the world was disappearing around me almost like I was yeah. just falling into this void of music. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's very powerful, but it's very small. Yes. Yeah, it's a yeah. small amount of power. Yeah, sure. And it, it, again, yeah, I kept thinking of that wave metaphor too, because it's almost like it, it, the song is like two movements that just keep repeating. There's like the, it crests, the wave comes up and it almost doesn't sound like music. It's just, and then as it crests and falls, you hear kind of like tiny little modulations of sound that sound like a harmony. It's like, you know, so it had that kind of visceral, that again, it's like, I, I do think he really went through a lot of drafts to write this song and he planned it out to a lot of precision, which is kind of crazy to think a song that you could literally like just completely miss yeah you could play this really loud at a party and people would be like is there music playing <laughs> sounds like someone left a window open yeah, is the wi- yeah exactly is, the wi- is there a yeah. beach over there but yeah it's really yeah worth the close listen it yeah very a very pretty song i highly recommend listening to it with headphones on. yeah yeah and i i'm not sure if this song is trying to convey an emotion and if it is what emotion that is but it sure made me feel a lot. Yeah. Kind of like an abstract, non-formed feeling. There was just a lot of feeling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because it's not sentimental or melodramatic, but it's very emotional. Also, yeah, 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 I have is. no idea why it's called the $6 million sandwich. Yeah, that's hilarious. I, mean, I, I was going to ask you. I'm <laughs> assuming it's referencing the $6 million man TV yeah. show that you yeah. see on in the 70s or yeah, whatever. Yeah, so sandwiches. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, no, that's no clue. I couldn't find anything as to why it was titled this. <laughs> yeah, but yes, again, something so simple it's complex. Almost. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a good song. All right, with that we can move on to our fourth song, "Not in Love," featuring Robert Smith by Crystal Castles, off their 2010 album "Crystal Castles," also called in parentheses two. Because <laughs> uh, it came out in 2010, it came out early. It actually leaked, which forced them to release it. And then on April 25th, 2011, the album was reissued digitally, being retitled just parentheses II2. Oh, yeah. And this reissue replaced the original version of this song, Not in Love, with this version featuring Robert Smith's vocals. Huh. The original version did not have Robert Smith. Okay. Do you there's a point in the song where it sounds like there's a robot voice singing. Yeah. Yep. The whole original song used to just sound like that. What were those vocals? Okay. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. the 
trancey nature of the refrain wasn't as loud and bumping. They also oh, tweaked the mixing. Okay. A bit. Huh. So huh, huh. Crystal Castles are an experimental electronic band that, from Toronto, Ontario. They formed in 2003 by songwriter and producer Ethan Kath. They are known for their chaotic live shows and lo-fi, melancholic, homemade productions. Hmm. In 2006, Alice Glass joined as the group's front person and vocalist. Together, they would put out three LPs, all being titled Crystal Castles, and then being redubbed one, two, and three. Their debut album, Crystal Castles, was listed at number 39 on NME's Top 100 Greatest Albums of the Decade. Their second album, this one, actually charted on Billboard 200 and actually put out their first worldwide charting single, which happens to be this song, Not In Love. Mm. And then in October of 2014, Alice Glass announced her departure from the band, citing personal and professional reasons, which she would later confirm and accuse Ethan Kath, her band member, of physical, verbal, and sexual assault. Damn. Over a very long period of time. Yeah. So, icky things. Yeah. Ugly end, man. Uh, Since then, Kath has found a new singer from the group, a woman named Edith Francis. Uh, they've released two singles together so oh, far wow. and are slated to put I out. I heard that. Yeah. They, they have two singles out. I th- wow. I think, can't remember what they're called. I think one of them's called Fragile. Huh. I don't know. Anyway, they are slated to put out an album sometime this year. Hmm. And uh, their band name actually came from a line in a She-Ra comic. Hmm. She-Ra was a fictional character and the protagonist of the cartoon She-Ra, Princess of Power, which came out in 1985, She-Ra was intended to kind of be the He-Man for girls. Okay, She-Ra. And the the line from the comic said, the fate of the world is safe in crystal castles. And allegedly that's where Ethan got the the band name. (laughs) This album, Crystal Castles 2, was recorded by Kath in a variety of locations, including an abandoned church in Iceland, a self-built cabin in northern Ontario, and in a garage behind an abandoned drugstore in Detroit. Hmm. He has been quoted saying, I recorded most of the record in the coldest winter in decades in a church without heat in Iceland. It was so cold that when I listened back, I could hear myself shivering. (laughs) I chose it because it felt right. Uh, Crystal Castle's they're one of my favorite bands. Yeah. But they're one of those bands where if you start to read too much into them, <laughs> their their pretension kind of starts to discourage my interest in them. <laughs> that last line was very spinal tap. <laughs> it felt right. It felt right. Crank it up to eleven. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I, I've actually I've seen them live once. Nice, I've heard they're crazy. It was live. terrifying. Yeah, actually, yeah. At the time, Alice's leg was broken, and she was still just thrashing herself all over the stage with one crutch and like a full leg cast, and she was just wow, violent as fuck. Like wow, it's it's crazy how a two-person band, one of them standing in the background with a hood over his head, just hunched over a keyboard, and Alice just screaming and flailing and before if her leg had not been broken there's been many documented times of her just jumping in the crowd and just beating the shit out of people jesus yeah (laughs) yeah so this this song is actually a cover 
of the Canadian new wave rock group Platinum Blondes, mm. Platinum Blonde single, Not In Love. I sent it to you. <laughs> yeah, because at first I just assumed this was a Cure song because I don't know the Cure that well. Yeah. But in but then I looked and I was like, oh, so this is a original Crystal Castles. And then I was like, okay, this makes sense. <laughs> and well, that, that dude's got like some of the worst vocals. <laughs> the original version of this song. It's so... Yeah, um, it's you can listen to it for yourselves. <laughs> I, this one is better. This I version is way better. Robert than the and Ethan and Alice did breathe. the song a better justice. Yeah, they breathed new life into. Yeah. <laughs> so, what do you think of this track? Uh, I like. I mean, yeah, I liked it a lot. I thought, especially knowing that it wasn't a Cure song, I thought it was a smart. I don't know the Cure very well, and I I know that you do. You know them pretty well. But I just thought that this was the sort of song lyrically and kind of emotionally that complimented Robert Smith's vocals. It demanded his vocals to be seen. Yeah, lines. I thought I thought yeah. like fashionation ends. I don't know. I just thought it was like kind of perfect. Like I was convinced this was a cure song that I just hadn't heard and I kept looking for. He sounds like he's crying the entire time. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's almost like every time he says the word not in love, he's like breaking down even yeah. more emotionally yeah. which again for some again i don't know really the cure very well but robert smith that's been the kind of raw emotion that i think i understand how that maybe inspired emo but it kind of it, it i would never put it with emo because it just seems so genuine to it's him goth. it seems very genuine to yeah. him and his art form that it's never really rubbed me the wrong way so i liked i dug it i i really did and I gotta say that kind of recurring, super trebled, fuzzed synth effect that would play. Yeah, while he sings. Like the banger. Yeah, while he sings, yeah. I'm not in love. That's a really nice touch. I thought that that really it's made so the song good. Yeah, that was excellent touch. Like, I've never been one to like when a song comes on, feel compelled to like I gotta dance, but like that—that yeah. that is a banger yeah. of a refrain. Yeah, that would that like made the song excellent. Like it was really good, and then that production over Robert Smith's voice too. I was like, "Fuck, that's it's good." So that good. was a very nice, it's so touch. fucking good. And like, yeah. I do like Robert's vocals, kind of add a bit of humanity to crystal castles yeah yeah definitely crystal definitely. castles tend to be very very <laughs> misanthropic yeah and nihilistic well and, and you said the original song had those just like robot weird robot <laughs> yeah there you go and it, it you know they they are so nihilistic and fatalistic and like yeah and if, if you hear interviews with them and you talk about how like there's no hope for humanity and we're all fucking doomed and everything's poison and yeah yeah, yeah. Them doing this with Robert made me realize there's a little bit of humanity. Yeah. They, there's a yeah. heart somewhere deep down <laughs> in them where they even had the idea to collaborate with Robert. With Robert Smith. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, really nice collaboration. And oh, it's shot. funny I should say that because that this song gives humanity to Crystal Castles because <laughs> it's like literally a song about not being in love. It's like, it's literally just about like, isn't fucking enough yeah we don't need yeah, to be in yeah. love we, it's warm inside there's feelings isn't that enough for you yeah but with uh, robert smith's voice yeah. yeah yeah you feel it but yeah yeah it's yeah it's yeah surprisingly great blending of styles yeah, yeah. and yeah. on paper i don't think it would work like if you said <laughs> like let's take 
Crystal Castles who make weird chip tune electro borderline witch house music. Yeah. Let's take a 1980s new wave song about wanting to have sex and not being in love. <laughs> Let's give it a banger house refrain and then let's throw robert smith on vocals <laughs> someone's yes. gonna be like what do you th- how did they come up with that i wonder how, i tried to find out like story. how the collaboration happened yeah they're very elusive those yeah. two as it is so there's like no like and so Official is robert story, no one's ever yeah. like interviewed like so this is how the collab happened i yeah i don't know robert smith he shows up in weird places like he showed up on a Blink-182 album once. Really? He did huh. vocals with Blink-182 on their self-titled album. It's actually a really good song. I could see that. I could yeah. see that working, yeah. Yeah, so no, he... Damn. And he, he's collaborated with Korn also. Like, nice. He just... <laughs> he tries things. But yeah, yeah. great song. Yeah. I love that yeah, song. Yeah, I dug it. Yeah, I dug it. All right, let's, let's move on to our last track, Crestfallen by Plus, plus. Slash Minus, Plus Minus. Off the 2002 album, self-titled, long-playing debut album. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So Plus Minus is an American indie-tronic band from New York. The man makes use of both electronic and traditional instruments and has sought to use electronics to recreate traditional indie rock song forms and instrumental structures. The group has developed a devout following in Japan and Taiwan, actually, Hmm. and all of their albums released over there actually tend to be quite different than the U.S. versions. Really? Huh. Tracks can be rearranged. Artwork is always different. And some of the tracks on the U.S. versions are actually replaced with augmented versions of the songs and sometimes just retitled but being a completely different song. Yeah. Kind of like, if you remember going back to Boris, they, they tend to do similar yeah. things like that. Yeah. They're also Japanese. Yeah. So this album was written and performed and recorded almost entirely by the band's guitarist, James Baliut. And then they went after this, he kind of formed a band to help perform it, and they became a full-fledged band after that. Hmm. And if anyone's curious, crestfallen means to be sad or disappointed. Then that's really all I could really find out about this band and track. So yeah. what, what did you think of it? Uh, I I love this song. I did. I love this song. I I. I don't know if I've really... I was not familiar with Plus Minus. And when I listened to this, I tried to think if I'd ever heard them before. And I, I don't I don't know if I have. So I'll have to check them out more. Because, yeah, I thought this was a... I thought this was a great kind of experimental song that kind of had, near the end, a kind of new metal vibe. Yeah, it's like it a, gets heavy. Yeah, it was like kind of like distorted guitar, but very prominent, almost like hip hop percussion which new metal yeah. does yeah and i was like again i kind of feel like i've been becoming like a kind of apologist for new metal and new what metal it could have been i was like this is kind of a little bit by the end like what new metal could have been i don't know i dug it i dug it it was it's, quirky and weird and it's very fun yeah like yeah. and i don't I don't feel like I listen to music that often that could be labeled as fun, but this <laughs> yeah. was a fun track. It's yeah. It it almost had kind of sounds like a sound collage almost. Yeah. Like yeah. Like someone, five different songs. Yeah. Throughout, or yeah, like throughout. you know, I've done this too. Like the, any musician kind of hops on a looping program and just starts throwing music loops together and yep. just kind of fucking around, but it actually yep. turned out to like meld really well i love how heavy it gets at like the one minute seven yeah mark it's awesome that first yeah. 
and Drew, yeah, loud, fast drums. Oh, man. Yeah, and, that's uh, good. That's good. If you're listening to this with headphones on, at the very beginning of the song, there's like a sample of like a finger sliding on the guitar, the squeak. Yep. And it's kind of like it, it really makes great use of stereo headphones. Yep. Of like it kind of zipping back and forth between your two ears. It's almost trippy. Yeah, you got to hear it through headphones. Yeah. You got to let it do it through headphones. Yeah, because it. <laughs> and then there's that yeah. weird robot voice like, dude. Yeah, which I love, dude. Yeah, I love. Yeah, it was a very kind of freewheeling. I like the sense of kind of abandon. I don't know. I dug it. I loved. Yeah. I loved it. And, and I. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go I was ahead. gonna say, and what I I also really liked after it gets heavy and kind of gets quiet again, I love how the oohs are like blown out, so yeah. it sounds like super shitty. Like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like. Yeah. It's just it sounds like. They had a lot of fun with it. That's yeah. all I can keep saying. Yeah. No, it was... Yeah, it's a song hard to even describe, really. You got to listen to it with headphones. Yeah. But, yeah, really great song. And short and sweet, too. Yeah, yeah, and it's really short, too. But, yeah, it kind of was like loud, like jungle jam by the end. It was kind of just, yeah, crazy shit. But I got to say, it had some of that new... It, this is almost like what new metal could have been. I swear, I loved it. I really could have been core. Yeah, could have been man. Yeah, could have been core. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, you try to salvage a genre, bring it into the future. That's what this was. Crestfallen. Your new sad metal and, was you're crestfallen. You're sad and disappointed about what happened to new metal, <laughs> and, you and you're back feeling up. wistful about what it could have been. Exactly, man. So this is this is gonna be hard for me because I can honestly yeah. say. Of all of the shuffle playlists we've had, at least the randomly generated ones, this was the first one where I honestly enjoyed all five songs, and I could see yeah. myself returning to these five songs. Yeah, it seems like if any one of these songs was like on another set of five, it, it would have been, been my favorite. Yeah, so, so it's I don't, tough. It's gonna be like prior to this playlist. I've been listening to that Not In Love song for years. Like, I yeah. I love that song. But I also have, like, so much nostalgia attached to that Jerry Martin track. Yeah, that song is <sighs> nuts. I just, I don't even know what to do. Um, I'll, You go, go. I think, and again, preface it by saying I thought every song was fantastic. Really, they were all worth listening to and listening to the artists who did them, listening to them more. But I think... Crestfallen, plus minus. Really? I, I think I am going to pick that because nice. I liked all of them, but that song I just thought was like the most like kind of ridiculous and I dug it. I don't know. I just really dug it. But again, it was a very hard decision. Yeah. No, it I. It's a very close, very close. It's an amazing song. Yeah. I think just for the simple fact that I know like the next one of these five songs I'm probably going to actively seek to listen to <laughs> would be Not in Love. Yeah. That would probably have to be my favorite. But no, that was a great Chris one. a great song, too. I guess, I don't know if you listen to this podcast, but Peter B., guy I met freshman year of college, he introduced me to Plus Minus. And nice. He showed me that song, Crestfallen. So nice. I think also Zach Rorda, who we've talked about on this podcast, too, they kind of showed me Plus Minus. So nice. shout out to Peter B. and Zach Rorda. Nice. Great song. Yeah. Yeah. So. But Jerry Martin. I do have to do like so an honorable mention of Jerry and Martin. And I, I, I really thought I also. Because that dude obviously Dead knows Texan, music better than any of these other guys. He, yeah, <laughs> no, the fact that he could compose something like that yeah, without being able to crazy. play it himself just shows you <laughs> yeah. how well his mind works. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, that's Damn. it. 
uh, please continue to send us in submissions. We actually only need one more song for our next listener-generated playlist. Only one more. So I just need one of you to send me a track that you want us to talk about. Only you can help us only reach you our goal. can help prevent us from not being able to do the next <laughs> listener-generated playlist. So do it. Come uh, on. Send it to our Facebook.com slash shuffle, at shufflepodcast on Twitter, shufflepodcast.tomer.com, shufflecastpod.gmail.com. <laughs> also, uh, please check out the Game Cave podcast that my friend John Miller does if you want to hear me and him and some of our other friends talk about video games, soundcloud.com slash the Game Cave podcast. Here are your tracks for episode 16, unless Dominic has anything he wants to plug. Uh, again, I got uh, some songs coming. I got a new SoundCloud up, and I got some tracks coming out in the next year or two. So just Once stay Martin tuned. Shkreli's mixtape drops, <laughs> yeah. Dominic's going to drop his. Yeah, counter mixtape, man. Yeah. Look for it. So episode 16's tracks. I'm not going to be able to say this because it's all in French. Oh, shit. Uh, Ma mère Loyer which Maddie kind of helped me figure out meant like mother bird or mother goose. Okay. It's the name of a, a piece of music by the French composer Maurice Ravel. And it's actually the fifth portion of this, this piece. <laughs> Tableau laid the, here you read it. You know French. <laughs> Let me try. It's the top one. Uh, okay. Mamere. Tableau 5. <clears throat> La donnerie imperative de pédagogie. Thank you. Hey, hey, so there's hey. our first track, our first <laughs> classical piece to show up go. on this. Nice, nice. Next, second track Debate Exposes Doubt by Death Cab for Cutie. Third song Atlas Song by Rice Boy Sleeps. Fourth, All His Suits Are Torn by NoFX. And the fifth song, Salonin by AFX. Mm. Though, just so you guys know, there's probably going to be a special episode out before 16. Nice. One that we might have been hinting at for a while now. I'll, I'll, I will update you guys with playlists once it's compiled, but... In the meantime, teaser cliffhanger. I'm trying to like man. cleverly like use the word vapor <laughs> somehow. <laughs> it might be about vaporwave. <laughs> Who knows? Subtle. So Subtle. stay tuned for that. And, nice. Uh, nice. Other than that, thank you all for listening. Uh, bye. <laughs> Say bye. Bye. Okay. Bye, mom. <laughs> Love you, mom. <laughs> bye, Dee. <Didi. laughs> See ya. <laughs>